0: everyone, I'm Adva Shizgal, and you've reached Startup for Startup, where today we'll be discussing discovery calls. And with me here to share his experience is Nathan Newman, Senior Account Executive at monday.com. Hey, Nathan.
1: Hello, Adva.
0: So we're going to talk today about everything there is to know about discovery calls, from finding the right lead to practical tips for the actual conversation. Shall we begin?
1: We're going to try and cover everything. It's a lot to cover, but we'll try our best. Well, we'll yeah. try our best. Startup for startup,
0: sharing knowledge, experience and insights
1: from one startup to another.
0: Okay, so first of all, Nathan, introduce yourself, just give us a context sort of of who you are.
1: Sure. So my name is Nathan Newman. I've been with Monday for just over two years. I've had the privilege of living in Israel and working from our HQ. I'm now living in London um, which is our European hub, and yeah, I look after the mid-market kind of territory, specifically UK and Ireland. And previous to that, I was working across all of Europe, so Denmark, Sweden, Belgium, uh, from Tel Aviv. And yeah, absolutely love what I do.
0: Perfect. So now that we have this context, let's move to the general context of the conversation. Just shortly, what is the discovery call? Mm. Why are we addressing this? Why is it important to do it?
1: Yeah. So a discovery call is arguably the most important part of any sales cycle. Um, The platform demonstration and the follow-up calls and the kind of craftsmanship that goes into a sale are all a consequence of the depth of the discovery that you've done. So you can't really present value until you understand um, a little bit about the business, the people that you're speaking with, the issues that they're facing what's brought them to evaluate Monday now or, you know, any platform, you know, a lot of companies don't just evaluate one platform. So the art of a discovery or the science of a discovery um, is the most important part of a pay, of a sales cycle and identifying these pain points and allowing companies to discover their own pain points that perhaps um, they hadn't even thought of previously um, is what separates a good sales cycle and a successful one to one that isn't. Uh, ultimately going to close.
0: But what's the purpose? What would be sort of the success picture of a good discovery call? What would you like to achieve at the end of it?
1: Sure. So so I think the clues in the name, the idea is to help to discover. So you need to discover about the client, but you also need to allow, or the prospective client, but you also need to allow them to discover about themselves. So if we think about a discovery call at monday.com, Um, We're trying to understand the ways, if we use a project management example, the ways that they currently manage projects, what's not working, how they'd like to work moving forward, um, why now, uh, is there any specific metrics that are suffering because of the way they currently run their processes. So it's a high level initial introduction where we kind of make the prospect feel comfortable. We start to feel comfortable with them and we go as deep as we can uh, to really identify what's not working and how Monday can solve that problem.
0: And maybe it's worth mentioning, if I'm getting it right from what you're saying, that it's a sort of a two-way street, right? It's not only for them to find out whether we're a good match, but it's also for us to wonder or check whether Monday is a good match for yeah, them, right? Re- as well.
1: Really good point. So specifically in, in as consultants at Monday, our job is really to sell enterprise, right? As, a, as an organization, that's where we're heading towards. If not, we're already there. So um, a lot of the time, we have calls that aren't really relevant and we have to kind of sift through that to ensure that we're speaking to the right people. In an ideal scenario, we do that before we even get on the call, but it doesn't always work like that. So when we have the discovery call, we like to set some kind of precedent and let them know that our criteria has to match theirs, but theirs also has to match ours. We we don't have the capacity um, to take on every single client that needs Um, some support or some consultation, unfortunately, right? So again, in discovery calls, we need to kind of scope out what they are, who they are rather, what they do, what they're trying to achieve and make sure that it's relevant for us as consultants to continue working on to ultimately try and close them on an enterprise deal.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also important for, like uh, I want to sort of repeat that point you've mentioned about um, we don't have the capacity to, I think it's important for startups in early stages as well because the capacity is even, you know, even bigger of a problem. And it's not just the capacity, it's other resources as well. Um, And also your focus have to be really on who's your target audience is. you can allow yourself to sort of lose focus. I think it's a really important point. Um, Do we do discovery calls for only for clients that we reach out to? Is it client reaching out
1: to us? Great question. So we have Uh, Two approaches, as most companies will, um, inbound and outbound. So I work on the inbound team, which means, you know, anybody can go and open a a Monday.com trial. Once someone opens a trial, it goes through kind of a back-end filtration system. And if all the criteria or in an ideal scenario, if all the criteria is met, it will land at my desk. I'll reach out to them, say five or six people a day, so 25, 30 a week. Um, and try and instigate and initiate kind of a sales process with them and see if they're interested. I mean, the reality is that not all of them are interested. Um, Some of them opened it for personal use. Some people are interested, but they don't have the time to actually speak. So there's a whole host of different things that go into actually getting on a discovery call. The second aspect is outbound. Um, We have an outbound team here in London, where basically their role, to the best of my knowledge, is they have an assigned amount of accounts in their name. And they're actually trying to be sector specific at the moment. And their role is to come in, target those accounts, reach out to people uh, and really try and drive business and interest in an outbound way, as opposed to kind of hot leads that have open trial accounts.
0: Okay, perfect. So this leads me directly into my first point. Um, As we've mentioned, we'll try and go through every step of the process. And the first one is finding relevant leads. How does that process work?
1: So, again, I mean, uh, uh, there's an element of privilege to being an inbound account executive because a lot of the heavy lifting is done for us. Um, there's two approaches. There's the one that we touched on a second ago, which is where uh, someone will open a trial account and um, you know I will do the outreach and have a dialogue with them and try and get them on a call to begin the actual sales cycle and the discovery process. The other one is we have a team of SDRs, sales development representatives. Their role is to manage the requests that have come in. So a client or a prospective client can submit a request via our website that they're interested in having a conversation. This is a really hot lead, right? This is someone who has clearly indicated they want to talk. There's a um, a business case perhaps in place. There's a need for Monday and they want to kind of expedite that process. So the SDRs will have um, specific areas, specific regions that they work with and they will then do the initial discovery call. It's not necessarily a detailed discovery call, but it's a high-level one to, to kind of pre-qualify the lead. And then they'll pass that through to an account executive.
0: And then what would you like to find out in this initial conversation?
1: So the initial call is done with the SDR. Um, it's more a case of, you know, typically how many users are you looking at? Is there budget? Is there a timeline? It's, it's banned. So for those that, that don't know, budget, authority, need, and timeframe, B-A-N-T. It's just high level information, just to make sure they're not wasting our time and we're not wasting their time. And then they'll pass that through to the account executive on kind of a round robin process. Once the account executive gets this lead, it's a hot or a warm lead. There's clearly interest. They've been through kind of a pre-qualification process. And that's where we can start to have these detailed discovery calls, where we try and understand the scope of what they're trying to achieve, You know, ultimately, who's making the decision, what's the procurement process, what's the metrics that are suffering by not having um, a platform like Monday and really just going as deep as possible um, in the 30 odd minutes that, that we have with them.
0: Is there anything specific that you're doing to prepare for a discovery call on your side?
1: Yeah, you have to look into the people that you're speaking with. Um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail so you just want to make sure you go in there with a good understanding of what they do but again allow them to tell you as well what they do who you're speaking with perhaps have an understanding of the hierarchy so if it's a marketing manager who are they going to report into just come knowledgeable something we're trying to leverage now is chat gpt to be completely honest and it's incredible (laughs) it's really awesome So we ask three or four key questions who is this business how do they make money what sort of issues are their industry facing and chat gpt just gives us this depth of knowledge that would take us seven or eight discovery calls to really understand and it allows us to go in more prepared it allows us to be more responsive it allows us to be more uh, engaged with them seem like industry experts uh, and just have a far more educated conversation so You know, your typical LinkedIn scoping, so understanding who the business are, who you're speaking with and who they report into. But leveraging the tools around you, Google News, uh, ChatGPT to to have a, a real detailed understanding of who you're speaking with.
0: And the information you got from the SDRs from their call.
1: Exactly that, yeah.
0: Okay, so up until now, we've discussed preparing for the actual talk and what should you do during it. And now let's say you had a good discovery call and you'd like to move forward what would be your next step?
1: So assuming that we are comfortable with them and vice versa, we will move on to a tailored demo. So again, this is the art of a discovery, trying to understand how they're working and how they want to work moving forward, and then taking a few days or a few hours to build a demo that's gonna resonate with them. But again, the reason why discovery is so important is you wanna make sure you have a real deep understanding of the processes, and the people of power so you don't just want to necessarily be doing a demo with someone who doesn't have influence or someone that isn't going to sign a contract or at least make a decision you want to try and use i don't want to use the word use right but leverage them to bring the more important people on the call do the demo with the people that are going to actually make the decisions um, and that would be the typical step after a discovery call
0: yeah which i'm guessing makes sense because if you do the discovery call with someone who's essentially wouldn't be the decision-maker, then you might have to do another discovery
1: call. Correct. Although uh, I will say I can't um, encourage people that are listening enough to not underestimate the power of a champion. So a champion is not necessarily a decision-maker. They might even have minimal influence, but if you can get a champion on your side and they can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, it, it's worth its weight in gold. It's worth, really, it's a very powerful asset to have.
0: So maybe... As we've mentioned at the beginning, our goal in this episode is to make it as practical as possible. Maybe just give us a few of the questions you'll ask on a discovery call sort of to make sure this is the right move for both sides.
1: It's very difficult to structure. No no two discovery calls will be the same. So if you were to structure it or break it down, um, the first two or three minutes you're doing an introduction, right? you're really setting the scene for who you are and you want to understand who they are. Um, a great kind of icebreaker is what, what's brought you here, what's brought you here in the first place. Um, you always want to try and avoid yes, no questions or closed questions. Try and keep them open-ended. So what's brought you here today? How are you currently working? What's the desire to work moving forward or how is the desire to work? But these are really nice um, digestible questions. Again, the art of a discovery is allowing them to discover things about themselves and Never shy away from silence on a discovery call. It's one of the most powerful assets you can have. So silence is is thinking, people are, are not quite sure how to answer it, which means you're really picking away at the pain points. So again, just from a high level, you want to understand who they are, what they do and what influence they have. But as, as you get deeper through the dis, through the discovery call, you know, how is the business functioning? How does the business make money? How does what you do have an impact on how the business makes money? Um, you know, what metrics are suffering the most from not having a platform like Monday in place? You know, what are the KPIs? Uh, and really just trying to go as deep as you can without doing yes, no questions and just opening them up. And then just as a kind of finishing off the structure of a discovery call, you wanna spend the next couple minutes defining the next steps and really trying to understand or allowing them to understand the process I always tell people you're a consultant, you're not a salesperson. So they don't buy software every day, but you sell software every day. So it's your process. There are uh, aspects of it that will be totally out of your control as a salesperson or a consultant, but there are aspects of it you can control. So by dictating what that process looks like, so as next steps, we're gonna get a demo in the diary, telling them what the next steps are. It allows you to have an element of control during the process.
0: So you really want to finish the conversation with a decision, right? If, if it's, you think it's not going to work, you'll tell them. And if you think it is going to work, you want to schedule a date already.
1: I, w- I would stop short of saying a decision. Um, typically, we put 30 minutes aside for a discovery call. Sometimes I know within seven or eight minutes if it's not going to work. And I'll tell them, like, look, you need three users or four users. I'm not the right person to talk to. That doesn't mean we don't want to talk to you and help you, but I'm not the right person but um, again, a, a decision is not necessarily the right right way to word it, but I would say you what if you've made the decision to commit the full 30 minutes and you're scoping out you know, their issues, what they're trying to achieve and so on, yeah, and moving towards the next step is absolutely paramount. If you don't move towards the next step on a discovery call, you're just chasing your tail. You're going to be emailing them for the next week or two weeks, trying to get a date in the diary. So I always say, even if we put something in tentatively, um, we can always change it later. It just allows us. It's a commitment to each other that we're moving forward with this.
0: Are there any other things that you'd recommend to avoid in um, or, or to you know try not to do in a discovery goal, such as you know not putting the date in the diary
1: or such? Yeah, talking too much. You're here to listen to them. People like to talk about themselves, <laughs> really. Um, so your job is just to sit there, think of it as almost like a therapist and allow them to just let it all go (laughs) some people will some people won't and again a discovery call there's no two calls that are the same so some people will give you all the information in the world and you'll think wow 30 minutes is we need another 30 minutes and again if you think that is the case i would encourage you to absolutely push for another discovery call before a demo Uh, but i would avoid talking too much
0: yeah, I think there is this, you know, law for salespeople, right? You have to talk 20% of the conversation or 30%. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay, this episode is about discovery call. But just, you know, in a sentence, what will be the next step? You've mentioned demo, right? What will be the process like after the discovery call?
1: It's about preparation. So, you, again, you don't want to present something that's generic. You want to present something of value. Don't present features. Present value don't show someone on a demo what something does show someone what it does for them and the only way you can really know what something does for them is by having a deep and detailed discovery call we can go into a million examples we don't have to do it now but if you think about a form at monday.com for those that know um showing someone a form is great but showing them the use cases that are relevant to them will will blow them away so again, I can't I can't encourage people enough not to just show features, but show value in those features. So that would be the next step is presenting a demo. One tip I will give is on a discovery call, try and understand the next step after the next step. So, okay, we're going to do a, a demo, you know, we'll book it in for next Wednesday, whatever. I'm just curious to understand what's the next step after that, right? Is there legal? Is there security? What kind of bureaucracy do we need to deal with or internal politics before we can actually get to where we need to be, which is a July, August implementation date. So try and understand the next step and then the next step after the next step It's only going to allow you to forecast better and be in a much better position to uh, close a deal.
0: Okay, perfect. So right before we'll say goodbye, I'll just remind you that if you have any questions or feedbacks, you're welcome to check our website, startupforstartup.com slash www, where you'll find all of the other content as well. And if you want to know every time we have a new episode, don't forget to subscribe to our show on your preferred app. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening.